Welcome to Disputes Digest. Today is July 23rd, 2021. I'm Chris Campbell. Don't forget to follow Tales of the Tribunal on LinkedIn to stay up to date with news from around the world of international law and dispute resolution field. One more thing, before we get into it this week, if you haven't already, take a moment to share the show with a friend or a colleague. And if you've got feedback for the show, drop us a line at talesofthetribunal at gmail.com. And you already know the drill. Arbitration Idol 2.0 is live. You have just one more week to participate. All it means is going to the link provided in the show notes or on LinkedIn to make a donation of one euro or more for a chance to meet a leader from across the world of the international dispute resolution and arbitration. We begin this week with the news, and this time in France, where the Paris Court of Appeals rules over French courts jurisdiction to hear a liability claim filed against an arbitrator in relation to an ICC arbitration seated in Paris. The recent decision quashed a judgment of the Paris First Instance Tribunal which found that it lacked jurisdiction to hear a liability claim filed against the arbitrator by one of the parties to the arbitration proceeding. The decision rendered in the case at hand is the newest episode in the case Saad Bouzouar Automotive versus Audi Volkswagen Middle East, SBME. The case begins with SBA entering into two agreements with ABME for the distribution of vehicles and the related spare parts and cutter, as well as for the provision of the after-sales services for these products. In 2011, ABME notified SBA of the termination of these agreements after 30th of June, 2021. In due course, in February 2013, SBA initiated an ICC arbitration pursuant to the arbitration clause in the agreements. The arbitration was seated in Paris and applying German law. While AVME was eventually issued a favorable award in March 2016, the award was set aside in March of 2018 by the Paris Court of Appeals because the tribunal had purportedly been wrongfully constituted. The court found that the arbitrator failed to disclose circumstances likely to affect his impartiality and independence. This led to a liability claim against the arbitrator as well as challenges to the jurisdiction of the tribunal, which raised questions about arbitrator immunity and the scope of the jurisdictional challenges. We'll include a link to a more in-depth article in the show notes. Then, over to the United States, as a Michigan appellate court holds that the trial court erred in determining that claims were not arbitrable where the arbitration clause delegated questions of arbitrability to the arbitrators. In the case Swiger v. Rosette in the 6th Federal Circuit, plaintiff Nicole Swiger took out a $1,200 loan with an interest rate exceeding 350% from an online lender, Plain Green LLC, an entity organized under the laws of the Chippewa Creek tribe of the Rocky Boy Reservation in Montana. Swagger claimed that the defendant, Kenneth Rees, and his company, Think Finance, had used Plain Green and its benefits of sovereign immunity as a front to shield them from state and federal law. As part of the loan agreement, Swagger had agreed to a binding arbitration clause under tribal law subject to review only in tribal court. She had also agreed to a delegation clause to arbitrate any issues concerning the validity, forcibility, or scope of the agreement. Swagger brought suit in Michigan court claiming that the loan was illegal under Michigan state law as well as federal law and violated Racketeer Influence and Corrupt Organizations Act, or RICO, as well as consumer protection law. Among other things, Swagger demanded actual and treble damages, an injunction preventing defendants from further similar violations, and a judgment declaring the arbitration agreement void and unenforceable. Defendant countered that the plaintiff had agreed to the delegation clause 
and questions related to the enforceability of the arbitration or any subsequent awards were ones to be heard by the seated arbitral tribunal. The district court denied that motion to compel arbitration based on the principle of collateral estoppel because a parallel case had already answered whether or not the arbitration could be compelled. On appeal, the Sixth Circuit reversed and remanded with instructions to stay the case pending the arbitration. It held that the district court had erred in its decision to disregard the delegation clause because Swiger had failed to specifically challenge the clause. Indeed, the challenging of the entire agreement did not suffice. This matter is ongoing and will include a note with a link to an article explaining the matter further in the show notes. Then, staying in the United States, a federal district court has ruled that a retailer is not an intended third-party beneficiary of a credit card arbitration provision. The court denied the retailer's motion to compel arbitration in a consumer data sharing putative class action, ruling that the retailer was not an intended third-party beneficiary. The proposed class had filed an amended complaint accusing several national retailers of illegally sharing consumer transaction data in violation of the Federal Consumer Reporting Act, the California Consumer Privacy Act, and California's unfair competition law, among others. The motion at issue, filed by one of the retailers, addresses a named plaintiff's opposition to compelling arbitration. The retailer argued that as an intended third-party beneficiary of the contract, it had the right to enforce the arbitration clause contained in a credit card agreement allegedly signed by the plaintiff when she opened her retailer credit card account issued by the online bank. The court disagreed, finding that the contract arbitration provisions, specifically the fact that the contract required that the plaintiff send any arbitration demand notices to the bank, and adding that it seems unlikely that the parties would expect a demand for arbitration solely against the retailer that does not involve the bank to be sent to the bank. Finally, one more piece of news, this one coming out of Saudi Arabia as the Saudi Council of Ministers issued a decision allowing non-Saudi lawyers licensed in the kingdom and having a basic member of the Saudi Bar Association to plead in local courts. Indeed, they also can render consultancy services based on the principles of Sharia law and rule of law. Previously, law firms were only allowed to outsource foreign lawyers as legal advisors. However, under the new law, foreign lawyers living and working in Saudi Arabia can represent third parties before courts of law, the Board of Grievances, and other committees, as may be set up pursuant to the laws, decrees, and decisions to consider the cases following within their respective jurisdiction. The decision was made to elevate and raise the level of professionalism and competitiveness so that the performance of the Saudi lawyer will be on a global level and benefit from international expertise. All right, that's it for the news. Let's look at some opportunities from the past week. This week's opportunities, we start with a couple of scholarships that might be of interest. The first one from the University of Sydney, which offers a postgraduate scholarship to assist in funding research. As of the date of writing, there are 10 scholarships listed that vary in amount and closing date and are a great fit for continuing their academic pursuits. We'll include a link in the show notes. Then, the Chartered Institute of Arbitrators hosts its 2021 version of its award writing competition. Participants must be under the age of 40 as of 15 October 2021. In this competition, candidates are invited to preside over an arbitral tribunal ruling under the 1976 Uncentral Rules and an investor state arbitration seated in London, England. We'll include a link to the competition in the show notes. Next, let's look at a couple of job prospects. First, the University of Dundee has a vacancy for a lecturer, both for teaching and research, in energy economics. The closing date for this position is August 3rd, 2021, and could be a great opportunity for the properly seated academic. A link to the advert is in the show notes. 
Then, looking to the United States, Withers Worldwide is seeking a junior litigation associate with one to three years experience for its San Francisco offices. Next, in London, where Eversheds seeks an associate to join its commercial dispute resolution team. Finally, we end this week with a special announcement from CyberArb, which announces that it is recruiting. Are you interested in cybersecurity and international arbitration or ADR? Join CyberArb's multidisciplinary and international team of volunteers by sending your application, CV, and motivation letter to info at cyberarb.com. CyberArb is an initiative with multidisciplinary and international legal tech influences, and the team is an intersection between cybersecurity and international arbitration and ADR. Find out more at cyberarb.com. Then next, before we talk about other events, and as we mentioned at the outset, if you've been following this program or TOT for any length of time, you already know what the event going on right now is. That's Arbitration Idol, the dynamic event hosted by Digital Coffee Break and Arbitration, Careers in Arbitration, and yours truly. The idea is simple. You donate one euro or more for your chance to win a digital coffee with a leader from around the world of international arbitration. It's literally that easy. And the best part? All proceeds go to UNICEF to help children, especially those impacted by COVID-19. We'll include a link to the show notes, but hurry, you've got just one more week to enter. We have a great group of idols and supporting organizations, so enter now and bring a friend. Then let's talk about some of the events going on in the world. And we note that they have slowed down just a bit as we all head towards those August holidays. First up is the cross-examination, which is being hosted by the NYU Center for Transnational Litigation, Arbitration, and Commercial Law, together with the Queen Mary University of London and the National University of Singapore to offer a unique opportunity for future arbitration practitioners to focus on an exciting and dynamic aspect of advocacy. Students will be able to attend various rounds of hearings during which they will cross-examine each other as witnesses and experts overseen by a board of senior and experienced practitioners in the field this event is a fantastic opportunity to develop and polish those advocacy skills and entry is accepted until august 31st 2021 could this be the match for your university we'll drop a link to register in the show notes next let's talk about a couple of icc young arbitrator forum events first an event titled trends in arbitration rulemaking the event focuses on the major rules that have changed over the past couple of years. The ICC, the IBA, Swiss Arbitration Center, LCIA, CAM, DIA, FIA, and more have all made significant changes that practitioners in the fields need to know about. Led by a distinguished and international panel of international arbitration practitioners and experts from around the globe, they offer their expertise, perspective, and insights on what you need to know about these rule changes. Then, also hosted by the ICC YAF, is an event titled Energy Projects, Current State and Lessons Learned. This event is the fifth edition of YAF's series titled Traveling Through Latin America, which focuses on arbitration and energy projects. Similar to the previous event, it's a great opportunity to get familiar with the current events and goings on in the region and the dispute resolution field. All right, and that's it for Disputes Digest. One more time, don't forget to get in on Arbitration Idol. There's just one more week left. You don't want to miss out. And finally, don't forget to follow Tales of the Tribunal on LinkedIn and drop us a note at talesofthetribunal at gmail.com if you have comments or feedback. Until next week, this has been Disputes Digest by Tales of the Tribunal. None of the views shared today or in any episode of Disputes Digest is presented as legal advice nor advice of any kind. 
No compensation was provided to any organization or party for their inclusion on the show, nor do any of the statements made represent any particular organization, legal position, or viewpoint. All interviewees or organizations included appear on an arm's length basis and their appearance should not be construed as any bias or preferred affiliation with the host or host's employer. All rights reserved.